0: Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment.
1: Without further ado, good morning, Dr. History.
0: Good morning. How you doing, Zab? I'm fantastic. How are great. you? I'm doing great. Beautiful day out there.
1: We were sitting here quickly, i got to have you comment on this, talking about Gonzaga and uh, North Carolina. You and I both shared the same opinion. Oh.
0: A little disappointed, but, you know, really for Gonzaga to make it to the final championship game, I'm proud of them. Yep. They worked hard. They're a great team, great yep. coach. I agree. Loved watching them.
1: Yep, absolutely. So. You remember the TV series Rawhide? Yes. And Gil Faber, Rowdy Yates? Yep. Yep. But there was a lot of work putting those cattle drives together before you actually said, head them up, move them out, wasn't it? That's exactly
0: what we're going to talk about. go ahead. But before we go, I want to say hi to four guys that have uh, made comments uh, on my webpage. There's Bobby, Mike, Travis, and a guy named Sam. Sam. Sam actually sent me some pictures. He is a... Antique Gun Collector. Really? And he sent me some pictures of his guns, and anyway, I, I was going to bring them out and show it to you, Not, maybe next week I'll uh, bring out those pictures and show yeah, you his, his antique do gun collection. Like okay, anyway, great. Okay, so this is a book, uh, it's called Log of a Cowboy, uh-huh. and this is a narrative written by a guy named Andy Adams. Okay. So... Uh, I like this because it's his story, so most of what I'm going to be saying is as if it's in first person, okay. as he's the one that's right. telling it. Like okay. I. I. Okay. So, anyway, so he starts out. He says, it was a nice 10-day trip from San Antonio to the Rio Grande River. We made 25 to 30 miles a day, giving the saddle horses all the advantage of grazing on the way. He says uh, the outfit reached Brownsville on March 25th. You've been there, I'll bet.
1: You know, and that is some of the
0: hottest
1: humid country in the country. Yeah. Oh. Him,
0: now, it's March 25th, so maybe not quite so bad. Yeah, but it's going to get bad. It's <laughs> going to get bad. So, anyway, it's about six miles below Fort Brown. But the Rio Grande right here was about 200 yards wide. And at this stage of the year, it was... Uh, Kind of at uh, running full speed, so it was wide. Now, Jim Flood is the guy, and I'm going to refer to him, he was the foreman. Okay. Okay. But he had spent the past two weeks across the river receiving, and they call it road branding, the herd. So when the cattle uh, should reach the river on the Mexican side, we would accept everything bearing the Circle Dot brand on the left hip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the contract called for a thousand he calls them she cattle, three and four years of age and two thousand four and five year old beeves. Uh, estimated as sufficient to fill a million pound beef contract. Wow. Uh now for fear of losses on the trail our foreman had accepted fifty extra head of each class. So our herd at starting would number about thirty one hundred head. Now these
1: are basically your wild harem scarum yeah. coriani uh, Mexican cattle, yeah. aren't they?
0: Yeah. Well they, and they were coming up from the interior of Mexico. Oh yeah. They don't like people. Uh, they don't. <laughs> I've got stories about that. But a number of different rancheros had turned in cattle and making up the herd. And Jim Flood reported them in good, strong condition. Yeah. Because they're going to make this, uh, you know, this uh, trip. So anyway, Jim Flood. Uh, uh, he knew cattle. He was. Uh, he's the kind of guy you would want. Uh, running a herd. Okay, Okay. Uh, He says he was indulgent with his men and would overlook any fault so long as they rendered faithful service. In fact, it says Flood hired a man the year before, and uh, one of the other guys uh, said to Jim Flood, quote, don't you know that man you've just hired is the worst drunkard in this country? And Jim Flood says, no, I didn't know it. But I'm glad to hear he is. I don't want to ruin an innocent man, and a trail outfit is not supposed to have any morals. <laughs> <laughs> so just so the herd don't count out any shy on the day delivery, I don't mind how many drinks he the outfit takes. <laughs> there, you go. So, there you go. Anyway, the next morning after going into camp, the first thing was the allotment of our mounts for the trip. Now, Flood had the first pick and cut 12 bays and browns. His preference was for solid colors, yeah, and though they were not the largest in the remuda now, for those that don 't know, the remuda is the the herd of horses, yep. Yep. so uh, anyway, when it came the boys turn to cut out, we were only allowed to cut one at a time by turns, even casting lots for first choice. Uh, we had ridden the horses enough to have a fair idea as to their merits, and every lad was his own judge. There was, as it happened, only three Pinto horses in the entire saddle stock, and these three were the last left they of didn't, the entire They race. did not like Paints they and Pintos. They, they th- didn't like them. No. Uh-huh. It, a colored horse they thought was stupid. Yep. They yep. did not like
1: them. And, and I understand from books that I've read, correct me if I'm wrong, your Paints, your Pintos, and your Palominos were the least that they wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they just and I don't know where that came yeah. from, but anyway, and, and that's what it says. He says practical cattlemen know that this freak color of freak of color in range bred horses is the result of in and in breeding with consequent physical and mental deterioration. Yeah. It was my good fortune that morning to get a good mount of horses.
1: How many horses did they have in that remuda when uh, they started? About Does it say?
0: I, think, I think a dozen.
1: Oh, they had 11, to have 12. more than that.
0: Oh, in the whole Remuda. The yeah, yeah, they had about a dozen per man. so, okay, so we're looking at about 120 head of right. horses. Okay. Yes, yep. It yep. says for, for the trip, each man was expected to furnish his own gear, uh, saddles. We had the or, the ordinary texas make saddle, which would weigh about 30 to 40 pounds, with the latest in the way of trimmings and trappings. Our bridles were in keeping with the saddles. The reins, and now I... I'm not quite sure why this, but the reins as long as plow lines, while the bit was frequently ornamental and costly, uh, and I, I'm suspecting the the long reins was to for hitting cows.
1: Well, maybe, I'm or. assuming that, and then a lot of times, you know, the uh, when you're wearing shafts, you know, rather than take the tail of your rope and just keep beating it on your shafts to keep them moving oh, and that yeah. type of thing. But you know, as long as plow reins, I question that. Yeah.
0: That's what he says. but And then he says, of course, the indispensable slicker, which was a great coat of oiled canvas. And they
1: had to furnish all their own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, they, of course, the pictures you see there, that slicker is tied to their saddle. Yeah. Uh, spurs. And there's a proper
1: way to put it on, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Spurs were a matter of taste. Yeah. And now if a rider carried a quirt, which is a whip, he usually did not have spurs. Uh, when he used spurs, they were the large, dull rowels, the big, big round ones. Uh, those are the ones they liked. Now, as far as leggings or chaps, uh, he says not over half our outfit had any, as a trail herd always kept in the open, and except for night herding, they were too warm in the summer.
1: So. yeah but you know really, whether it's Hollywood or whether it's the uh, charisma of what the cowboy wore, I dare you to find a movie or any kind of uh, photograph that shows cowboys without checks. yes
0: yeah, i and I agree okay so adam uh, Andy goes on he says one evening, Jim flood brought word that the herd would camp that night within 15 miles of the river on the Mexican side, and at daybreak, they started to go meet the herd.
1: You know, let me ask you a quick question. I don't want to take away from the time, but uh, are, you didn't say that these cattle were purchased from anybody in Mexico, and I'm getting the assumption that maybe we crossed the Brazos and, uh, quite frankly, rustled
0: them and took them back across the border. Now, it does not say that, Zeb. <laughs> It says, it really does, it says that they were taken from ranches. In, yeah. Now, okay. how they were accumulated, I'm not going to speculate. I do think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andy says that the cattle were well shed and in good f- good flesh. Our foreman had been careful and had accepted only such as had strength for a long voyage. They were the long-legged, long-horned southern cattle, pale-colored as a rule, Possessing the running powers of a deer and in an ordinary walk could travel with a horse.
1: Yeah. So they were tough. Yeah.
0: So anyway, he says, We made ready to cross them, cross the river as soon as they reached the river. Now, they had a horse wrangler by the name of Bill Honeyman, and he knew the horses of each man's mount. In other words, the the, the cowboys. So all we had to do was to sing out our horse, and Billy would have a rope on one, have him at hand, before you could unsaddle a tired one. So this wrangler, he knew all these horses, and he knew which ones belonged to which cowboy. Yeah, And, you know, you have a herd of 120 horses, and you know which one goes to which cowboy. Uh, I think that's pretty amazing. But Man. anyway, so on the Mexican side, there was a single string of high-brush fence on the lower side of the ford, commencing well out in the water and running back about 200 yards. So if you've got that in mind the yeah. uh, picture, it's like, a, yeah. it's like a long fence going down into the water. Right. And it said, thus giving us a half shoot in forcing the cattle to take swimming the water. Yeah. Okay. Now, Andy says, when the herd was within a mile of the river, Andy and another guy named Fox... Uh, took off our saddles, boots, and surplus clothing, and started to meet it. The water was chilly.
1: You know, and every time you say water and cattle crossing, I think of that terrible scene in Lonesome Dove with all the cottonmouth snakes.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Remember that? Well, and, and uh, quicksand. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he says, a swimming horse needs freedom, and we scarcely touched the reins, but with one hand buried in the main hold, in the main, we guarded, guided our horses for the other shore. Now, on reaching the Mexican shore, we dismounted and allowed the horses to roll in the sand, which, you know, you've seen them obviously do that. But uh, it was a March day on the Rio Grande, and it was, so it was cold, he says. Uh-huh. So he, uh, he goes on to say, uh, we cut off about 300 head and started for the river. And he says, I took the lead, and the cattle, by nature, uh, under pressure of excitement, they will follow a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about noon, and the herd was thirsty, so when they, we reached the brush chute, all hands started them on a run for the water.
1: Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com podcast.
0: Now, when the cattle were once inside this kind of makeshift fence, we went faster and faster. They had four Mexican vaqueros riding outside the fence to keep the cattle from turning uh, when they reached the water. Because, you know, if they would have turned when they got the water, they they
1: would have lost the herd. You ever see the word mess in the dictionary?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's... Anyway, so Andy says, I struck straight for the American shore, the Mexican vaqueros, Forced every cow into the river, following and shouting as far as the midstream, when they were swimming nicely, and then the vaqueros all turned their horses back to the Mexican side. Now, when the, ho- the when the cattle got on the uh, the opposite side, our men held the cattle as they came out in order to bait the next bunch. So, if the cows on the Mexican side saw so the cows on the American side, you know that would entice them to keep yep, going. Yep. Anyway, he says, I rest. And they were all paid for. <laughs> <laughs> I re- <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I rested my horse only a few minutes before taking the water again, and that takes a pretty good horse to swim oh, yeah. two hundred yards. And yeah. anyway, he says I reached the other bank, cut off the second bunch of about four hundred, and started them across. Uh, anyway, each trip was a repetition of the former, with every cow was over in less than two hours. Wow, thirty-one hundred cows. That's quite two a deal. hours. Anyway, he says, on the last trip in which there was about 700 head, the horse of one of the Mexican vaqueros took cramps, Uh, So, which I'm assuming is like colic, right? Yeah, and uh,
1: probably uh, from the change in the cold air to the wet water and everything else.
0: It says, at about the middle of the river, Uh the horse sank without a moment's warning. Just boom. Oh, my. And he says, a number of us heard the man's terrified cry, only in time to see horse and rider sink. Oh, my. Well, every man within reach turned to the rescue, and a moment later the man rose to the surface. He says one of the other vaqueros who towed him back to their own side, strange as it may appear, the horse never came to the surface again, uh, which, he says, supported the supposition of cramps. Yeah. Which, again, I'm thinking... Colic. A kind of a what,
1: colic, yeah, yeah, so. yeah.
0: Anyway, he says, after a change of clothes uh, and rather a late dinner for all hands, there yet remained the counting of the herd. Now, this is kind of interesting how they well, do Wait
1: this. a minute. What about the guy that was swimming almost naked <laughs> with his horse? I mean, he lost his saddle, his clothes, everything. <laughs>
0: you know, he's over the other side shivering. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so the Mexican corporal and two of his men had come over for the purpose of counting counting the cows. So they could get paid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it alone <laughs> they were paid for okay, <laughs> maybe I don't know <laughs> anyway, anyway, so it remained for Jim Flood and the corporal to make the final count between the buyer and the seller. yeah there were also present what they called a river guard. Now, this was sent out by the United States Custom House as a matter of form in the entry papers, and he insisted on counting, so there were five people counting.
1: What year was this, by the way? Uh, I was just curious. You know... This back in the 1870s, yeah, or was it earlier I, than that?
0: Uh, you know, I don't see a date right here, but okay. it had to be right back in there. Okay. So there were five people counting, two from with Jim Flood, the government guy, and two of the Mexican, the Carols, okay? now. The only difference in the manner of counting between Jim Flood and the Mexican corporal was that the American used a tally string tied to the pommel of his saddle on which were ten knots, Keep, keeping count by slipping a knot on each even hundred, while the Mexican used ten small pebbles, Really? shifting a pebble from one hand to the other on hundreds. Hmm. Well, he says when the, uh, when the count ended, only two of the men agreed on numbers and making the same 3,105, flood being one under, and the custom house man one over. Now, 3,100 cows, and four out of the five are within two cows. That's amazing to me. <laughs> sure. yeah. Holy cow. Anyway, so And su- they were all paid for. <laughs> a supper that night in Brownsville was kind of consummating the, the deal. Now, uh, the owner... This guy named Lovell and he's, he says to Jim, he says, Now Jim, I can't give you any pointers on handling the herd, but you have until the tenth day of September to reach the Blackfoot Agency. An average of fifteen Whoa. an average of fifteen miles a day will put you there on time, so don't hurry. I'll try and see you at Dodge and Ogallala on the way. Now live well for I like your outfit of men. And then he goes on, he says, your credit letter is good anywhere you need supplies. And if you want more horses on the trail, buy them and draft on me through your letter of credit. If any of your men meet with accident or get sick, look out for them the same as you would for yourself, and I'll honor all bills. And then he goes on, he says, and don't be stingy over your expense account. For if that herd don't make money, you and I had better quit cows.
1: I have a question for you and I'm not trying to be funny and interrupt you, but how did they figure back in those days mileage?
0: They had a they had an odometer on one horse. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. Your eyes got (laughs) your eyes got real wide when I asked you. You know, on the Oregon Trail they had uh, uh, those wagons had a, a a very rudimentary thing on the wagon wheel they figured out how far the wagon went. Yeah, but there's even
1: would... reference to mileage when Lewis and
0: Clark were exploring. That's true. <laughs> so how know. did they figure it? I don't know. Well, you're Dr. History. <laughs> I'll check on that. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, it was now late in the day to start the herd, and we wanted to graze them well. So he says, our saddle horses by this time, were fairly well broken to camp life. And at every noon and night camp, we strung a rope from the hind wheel of our wagon and another from the end of the wagon tongue back as stakes were driven in the ground, forming kind of a triangular corral. And so in a few minutes under any conditions, we could construct a temporary corral corral so they could catch their horses I see so, uh, and when they got on the trail the horses were kind of free they've kind of been in a little hurry yeah. yeah. but anyway uh, during the supper hour Jim Flood announced the guards for the trip as the men usually bunked in pairs the foreman chose them as they slept now the first guard was from 8 to thirty. Second guard from 10.30 to 1 third watch was from 1 to 3.30 fourth watch was 3.30 until daybreak so the only men in the outfit not on duty were the wrangler, Bill Honeyman, and uh, the cook, and, of course, the foreman, Jim Flood. Yeah. So Flood, however, he made up by riding almost double as much as anybody. I mean, he was, the, he was in charge. He was responsible. But he never left the herd until it was bedded down for the night, and we could always hear him quietly arousing the cook uh, at, the, at daybreak. Yeah. So he always kept a horse on picket for the night, and often took the herd as it left the bed bed ground at dawn. So this guy was a hard working guy.
1: Absolutely.
0: But anyway, a half hour before dark, Flood and all the herdmen turned out to bed down the cattle for our first night. They had been well grazed. There was not a hungry or thirsty animal in the lot, and they all seemed anxious to lay down by circling around slowly and gradually bedding down. Um, but the guards ride in a circle about uh, uh, outside the sleeping cattle. Yeah. And they ride in opposite directions. Yep. And this made it possible uh, uh, or made it impossible for any animal to make its escape without being noticed by the riders. And the guards usually sing or whistle continuously so that the sleeping herd uh, knew that a friend and not an enemy is is out there. That depends on how good they could sing <laughs> or whistle. Yeah. Yeah. But a sleeping in herd in our case we would have had a stampede every night. <laughs> First notes out we'd have been done <laughs> and fired. Yeah, right. But, you know, a sleeping herd of cattle make a pretty picture on a clear moonlight night. There you, you know, go. and I can just picture that. Yeah. Sitting on a horse in the moonlight. And yeah. I, I would love it. You know, I would love it. But oh, man. the night horses soon learn their duty. I've only got a minute left. Okay. Uh, anyway, th- let's go. Uh, there's one little story I want to tell before Okay, we real quick. Okay. All right. Uh, they got to a place. Uh, uh, he says, I was at a dance once. uh In Live Oak County, and there was a stuttering fellow there by the name of Lem Toddhunter. The girls, it seems, didn't care to dance with him and pretended they couldn't understand him. He had asked every girl at the party and received the same answer from each. They couldn't understand him. Quote, well, go to heck then.
1: (laughs) I bet that's what he said.
0: Can, can you uh, understand that? <laughs> he said to the last girl and her brother threatened to mangle him horribly if he didn't apologize to which he finally agreed. Well, he went back into the house and he said to the girl you you needn't go go to heck your your brother and I have made other <laughs> uh, arrangements.
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, anyway. I wish we had more time, but I'm out of it.
0: I got a whole book here. We'll we'll, we'll let's cover, do that again next week. We'll cover some more stuff. Yeah, on. And on all the, the cattle. cattle were paid for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dr. History. Say goodbye.